I'm Jim Brown, your Bible teacher at Grace and Truth. I've talked about my T-shirts, and this is one I got from uh, Steve Mosif out in California. And people are going to know, what does this say on there? This is, I always like to put verses on shirts that are pointed and hard, that say hard things. And this says, Jesus is coming back. I didn't say this. First, people, you know, you can get mad at me. But Second Thessalonians 1 and 8 says these very words. Jesus is coming back, taking vengeance on all those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. You think it's important you find out what the gospel is so you can be obedient to it. Of course, you don't have to be able to define it. It'll be going on in your heart. Now, that's what it says. All right. I've been talking about Christmas. I can't finish talking about it because everything in the Bible that's evil is about Christmas. Everything. Because all evil comes out of Babylon. All evil comes out of Genesis 11 and 4. This is the evil that has destroyed the world. This is the cup of the wine of her wrath, of her fornication. This is it. In one statement, they found a plain in the land of Shinar. They said, let us build us a city and a tower. And here's their doctor. Let us make us a name. I'm going to have a big name in this town. That doesn't mean that they're going to write their name in great big letters and put it on the top of the Batman building downtown Nashville. Uh, for those of you out there, you don't know what the Batman building is. It's the laughing casualty building that looks like this. That's the way it's made. That's why it's called the Batman building. That doesn't mean you're going to put your name Jim Brown up here. We're going to put a big sign up here. Jim Brown. That doesn't mean having a name. That means to have a big reputation all over the place. Let us make us a name. That's Babylon. That is what everything in the world that's evil was built on. Self. That's all it is. Revelation 17 and 5. I put this on the board. A thousand times that Babylon is the mother of all harlotry. Harlotry, when you look it up, harlotry means idolatry. It's the word porne, P-O-R-N-E-I-A, pornea. Pornea, we get our word porn from that. Porn doesn't mean to look at naked men and women. It means idolatry. That is part of idolatry. But that's not all. It's looking at new cars, looking at diamond rings, looking at houses you can't afford. Idolatry. And idolatry is the Greek word E-I-D-O. L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. 
idolatry. It comes from ido and latruo. You say, I'm not an idolater. Are you sure of that? You sure you haven't been one? Ido means to see. Latruo means to serve. The Bible speaks of Latruo in that 16th chapter of John that when men, men, when people kill the believer, they'll think they do God's service. That is the word Latruo. It means to serve what you see, what you put into your eyes and ears. You say, I'm not an idolater. Are you sure you haven't been one? The Bible says covetousness. Covetousness is idolatry. Now, have you been covetous? Are you sure? You don't know whether you have been or not. Covetousness is the word pleonectes. It means to want more any way you can get it through deceiving. I think we've all been there, haven't we? Kind of twisting words just to get our way with not just things and stuff, but just our will to have our way in life. That's being an idol worshiper. You don't have to bow down to a to a statue to be an idol, idol worshiper. So Babylon mothered it all, and it was all founded on self. Let us make us a name. Name is the word Shem, and it means authority. Let us make up our own authority to such a point that if anybody thinks of what I do for a living, real estate or insurance, they'll think of me, and I'll advertise myself all over the place, and it'll all be about me. Let us make us a name is nothing but self. It's just me. It's just I. I in the Greek is the word E-G-O. That's all the word I is. Ego. People say, a little ego is good. No, it's not. It's never good. Now, if Babylon started it all, she started on this right here. Now, we're talking about when you... There's something about Christmas that's really, really bad. It's evil, evil association. There's an attitude at Christmas throughout America. Everybody get along and love everybody else. And everybody needs to learn just to let everybody else have their way. And the Baptists are supposed to fellowship with the Church of Christ, even though the Baptists believe you've got to accept Christ and pray a sinner's prayer to be saved. And that's not true. And the Church of Christ believe you've got to be dipped in water in the name of in the name of Jesus to be saved. But you have to be dipped by a Church of Christ preacher. And you've got to partake of crackers and grape juice every Sunday that they call communion or you can't go to heaven and they differ with the Catholics but you can't tell the Roman Catholics that Christmas is Christ's mass and his paganism Christmas 
was called the feast of Saturn in the ancient world. Feast of Saturn. Or the Saturnalia. Now you can get this out of any number of dozens of books. <coughs> the Saturnalia was a seven day festival. Went from December the 17th through the 24th. December the 21st was the longest nights of the year and it was the shortest days of the year. That had to do with the sun. The sun was setting still and the earth was going around the sun and it had an ecliptic path. The, uh, the sun and the earth was tilted at 23 and a half degrees. And when it got over here and the northern hemisphere was tilted away, that was the winter. That was winter solstice at December the 21st. And then he'd come back around here and the sun and the earth would be tilted, the northern hemisphere, we tilted toward the sun and that would be summer. And because of this tilt, the pagans started worshiping the sun as it got darker over here. Now, the bad thing about Christmas is, the worst thing is evil association. It's getting along with everybody. There's no daily cross at Christmas time. Nobody talks about a daily cross, do they? Nobody talks about self-denial. If any man will come, I never heard anybody say, well, it's Christmas, let's quote the Bible. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take his cross daily and follow me. Nobody wants to talk about a daily cross at Christmas. Nobody wants to talk about hard things. Dying daily, death to self, self-denial. Have you ever heard anybody say, we need to be hated by the world at Christmas time? No. Jesus said, if the world hated me, it will hate you. Blessed are you when the men shall hate you. Blessed is the word makurios. Fortunate. M-A-K-U-R-I-O-S. You're fortunate when men hate you. But you're supposed to love everybody at Christmas and get along with everybody and let everybody have their belief, right? That is as wrong as it can be. You're not supposed to witness it Christmas time. Christmas time is when I take the opportunity to go in my doctor's offices and start talking to the nurse and say, this is a pagan, you know that? I was talking to a nurse the other day. I said, you know that it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. And she said, why don't you tell the other girls that? I said, you're the only one that's interested in listening to me. I've already tried to talk to them. They're not interested. And she seemed to have a great interest. I've given her tracts and given her a bunch of the papers I've written, the newsletters, and she seems to really care. But I keep talking to her as long as she'll listen. Talk to somebody as long as they'll listen. You cannot, you don't quit talking to them when, if, as long as they'll listen. The Bible teaches us over here in Titus. Titus 3. And verse 10, just listen to this. 3 and 10 in Titus, Titus 3, 10. 
a man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition, reject them. After you witness twice to somebody, and they're a heretikos, H-A-I-R-T-I-K-O-S. Now, people have a tendency to call people the people that believe Christmas is pagan. They want to call us heretics and infidels. We're not the heretic. They are. Heretic is the word heretikos, H H A I R T I K O S. We get the word heresis from that H A I R E S I S. Heresis is our word heresy. Heretikos is our word heretic. It means to choose for oneself. Actually, heresy is what you call free will to choose for oneself we don't believe in free will we believe in the will of God all things that work together for good to them that love God to them who are called are they called according to his purpose now I don't like the well let me finish that knowing he says, man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition, all you have to do is witness somebody twice. If they are one of God's predestined elect families, God has given them ears to hear and eyes to see. The Bible says in Proverbs 20 and 12, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord hath made even both of them. When you see the word hear, in the Hebrew, it's the exact same word as obey. Shoma. Hearing is the word shoma. And that's also the word obey. So if you witness somebody twice, tell them the truth as simple as you can. Don't, don't be abrasive. Don't be cutting. Don't be harsh. Be firm, but say that's the truth. If you don't believe it, you don't believe God. Just like I said to the guy a while ago, you don't believe predestination and you don't believe the Bible. And if you don't believe the Bible, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. I'm going to rebuke you twice and then I'm going to reject you, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself. If they're elect... They may reject the first and second admonition, but they won't reject it down the road. They'll hear it again and again in their ears, and they will finally come to the truth. It's not you and I that convinces anybody of truth. It's the Holy Spirit that convinces them. They can't get away from it after you tell them twice. They can't get away from it. They won't get away from it. It'll bother them. It may be two, three, four, five years down the road. And then they'll hear somebody else say, Oh, God, this is true. I've got to believe this. You don't have to worry about somebody believing. They will. Now, let me tell you what what this attitude of Christmas does to people. It, it subverts them. It corrupts them. Look over here in Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, the fifteenth, First Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter. Fifteenth chapter. 
This is a very, very good verse. This is what will happen to you when you run around with people at Christmas time. That's the worst thing about Christmas. You're supposed to go to a brother-in-law's house where the sister-in-law cusses or tells dirty jokes, and he does a lot of the same himself, and you're supposed to overlook it, and you can't overlook it. I can't. I would say, hey, we can't have that here. I'll I'll call somebody down at the drop of a hat. I said, we don't use that word in this house. I've told people before, well, that's a cuss word where I come from. They'll use the P word. I had had a woman walk out the door, and she used the P word. So that mm, me off. And I said, that's a cuss word when I was a kid. Did you know that? In the 50s, only the punks used that word. That's a cuss word. She said, well, I'm sorry. I said, don't tell me you're sorry. Tell God you're sorry, okay? I would call somebody down. I had a guy, went out here in the parking lot, damn this, damn that. I said, hey, I just got through preaching there about living God and holy. What are you doing out here? He said, I'm sorry. And I always say, don't say you're sorry to me. Tell you're sorry to God. Anyway, here's what it does to you. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications. Carcass is the word evil. That means worthless. That's what it is when you go to fellowship with a sister-in-law, a brother-in-law, or a mother, or a father that's got a loose mouth, and they smoke and they drink, and they're having drinks at the Christmas party, what you're doing is you're putting your approval on what God does not approve at all. And that includes Easter and birthdays and all the rest of it. Evil communications... Communication is the word homilia, H-O-M-I-L-I-A, H-O-M-O. Let me erase some of this. H. This is the word communication, H-O-M-O-L-I-A. That's the word communication. You remember the word. You remember the word homologeo? That is the word confess. Confess. This word homo here means of the same. And homologeo means of the same. Logos word, it means to agree with. To agree with. So homilia means to agree with somebody. Agreeable communications. Corrupt. Fathero. P-H-T-H-E-I-R-O. You remember the word fathero? It means corrupt. Or it has the idea of rotting to rot or ruin 
It'll ruin and rot and corrupt your life when you communicate with the wrong people. I don't have anybody in my house. Somebody can come by and I witness to them, some guy that's uh, walking through the neighborhood and soliciting something. I always preach to him on the front steps. I don't preach to him mean. I just says, well, we don't celebrate Christmas. Did you know that Christmas is paganism? Do you know that it was against the law to celebrate it 300 years ago in America? Uh, did you know that predestination is true? Have you ever heard of that? I just talk to him just like that. I don't, I don't give him a hard time. And I have a lot of them say, I never heard these things before. I said, you won't hear them in churches. They don't preach them. And then he says, evil communications corrupt. But they're all. You remember the word epiphthero or epiphthero? Epiphthero means to corrupt completely, to totally corrupt. I've got some papers on this phthero stuff. It's really interesting because the Bible speaks and talks about when you communicate and run with the wrong people. You're doing the wrong thing. You're doing something that God doesn't put his approval on. Let me see if I can give you some of these. It's the word it comes from the word phothonos, P H O T H O N O S. Phthero is a form of P H O T H O N O S. Phothonos is the word envy so if you're envying it's all about self or let us make us a name and the Bible says it was for envy that the the Pharisees delivered Christ unto Pilate it was out of envy they delivered him for envy and the Bible says there's things that God hates in First Timothy 2 and 1 guile which is tricky talk hypocrisies, that's acting, and envies, Fultonos. Then you also have the word Fultora, P-H-T-H-O-R-A, which is a form of Fultero. Fultora, P-H-T-H-O-R-A. Fultora. Fultora is a common word, corruption. The Bible speaks of God has delivered us from the bondage of corruption in Romans 8, 8, 21. And the Bible speaks of they that sow into the flesh shall reap corruption. Fulthora. Corruption and corrupt are basically the same words that he uses there when he says evil communications. Corrupt, good, krestos is the word good, Christos and that is basically the same word as kind that agape is kind it meets a need you'll cease meeting people's need what they need is the truth that's what they need they don't need ice cream and cake they don't need soft words you can speak softly, but you no need to get angry. Because if they're a vessel of wrath, they're never going to hear, and there's no reason to get angry at them, because God made them that way. And talks about, talks about all through 
the Bible, all through the Bible about these things. For Thero, when the Bible speaks, if any man defiles the temple of God, defile is the word for Thero. These are words that are used. And when the Bible speaks of the old man which is corrupt in Ephesians 4.22, the old man which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. He's corrupt according to lust. Lust is the word epithumia. And lust has the idea of longing for that which is forbidden. Epithumia. Thumas means to breathe hard. Epi means to superimpose on your life. Breathing hard. I want that. I want her. I want that. I want my name to make yourself a great name. And all through the all through the scripture the Bible speaks of these evil things. And diaphathero means to corrupt completely. Dia fathero, D I A. P-H-T-H-E-I-R-O. And the Bible says that thief, no thief approaches, neither moth nor corrupt. There in Luke 12, 33. And then 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Though our outward man perish, the word perish is diapathero. That's the thing that's going on between the inner and the outer man. The outward man is going to be utterly destroyed over long periods of time. D-I-P-H-T-H-E-I-R-O. And the outer man serves the law of the flesh. That's the one that says, let us make us a name. The inner man serves the law of God. And over the years, God's going to send trials and fire. But that doesn't come during Christmas time, does it? Nobody wants to talk about trials or persecution at Christmas. Everybody wants to say, let's rejoice over the baby in the manger. Let's don't rejoice over Jesus coming back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that know not God and that obey not the gospel. That's on my T-shirt. The reason I like that because that will be offensive to some people. But that's the truth. And you wouldn't use this verse at Christmas time, would you? Not on your life, you wouldn't. Now, I've got so much on dear for Thero and for Thero. It's, it's, I've got hundreds of uh, tapes on that. I want to show you some things. The Bible says, Be not deceived, evil communications, corrupt, for Thero, good, Christos, useful manners, ethos, ethos is the word manners, and it means ethics. You communicate with people, you lose your ethical morality. That's what will happen to you. Now, I've got some verses I want to give you through the Bible on what will happen to you when you get along with everybody at Christmas. Has any of you ever had to go to an in-law's house and they're using words that you're not comfortable with? Or they're saying things that you just don't want to be a part of? Telling stories, dirty stories, 
and you don't want to say, I don't like this, but you're too ashamed to leave, leave. Say, I can't handle this. I have to go. Before you know it, they'll say, oops, there comes Jim. Shh, everybody don't say nothing. As long as he's here. They used to do that when I'd go into a family meeting. and say, here comes the preacher. Uh, everybody be quiet. I had in-laws that cussed and told dirty jokes and said some of the most godless things. I'm not interested in it. I'm not condemning you. God made you that way, but I don't want to be around it. Now, let me give you some things that the Bible talks about. When you run with the wrong people, these things are going to happen. Let's go over here. Let's go to some of my favorite verses. I'm going to read some that I've already read. Let's go back to Deuteronomy, the fourth chapter. Well, first of all, let's go back to the thing about Christmas. It was the Feast of Saturn. They simply changed the name. Do you think changing a name makes something different? Do you think you can change if you have a child that's rebellious and he steals and he lies and he cheats and he's got a name, he's got a bad name in town? Do you think if you change his name from uh, Johnny to uh, to to some gentle name like uh Richard, or whatever. You call him anything. You think changing his name will change him? No. Do you think changing the name of Christmas from the Feast of Saturn to Christ's Mass, which is Roman Catholicism? Roman Catholicism is very wicked and very evil. They've got all kinds of imaginations. They believe that Mary is above Christ in the Godhead. They believe Mary is the mother of God that makes her a God. And they pray to her. They pray to Mary. They say Mary can divert the wrath of Christ. That's why they pray to her. That's ridiculous. It's outrageous. Now, let's go back over here to Leviticus 18. I've quoted this to you over and over again. Notice what God does not say in here. He doesn't tell Israel not to worship their gods when I'm reading these verses. He tells them, don't do their customs. That's what he's saying. In verse 30, chapter 18, Therefore shall ye keep shamar, hedge in, protect my ordinance. You keep my ordinance Mishmareth, M-I-S-H-M-E-R-E-T-H. Mishmareth. Keep my Mishmareth. M-I-S-H. M-E-R-E-T-H. Therefore shall you keep my Mishmareth. That's the word in the Hebrew. My observance, my ordinance, my rituals. You keep my rituals. That you commit not. Commit, asah, means to do. Asah is the word commit. 
that you not do. What he's saying, he's not even saying in this verse, don't serve their gods. He's saying that you commit not any one of these abominable toebah, T-O-W-E-B-A-H, T-O-W-E-B-A-H. That's the word. Abominable, disgusting, abhorring. I love the word abominable in the New Testament. Dalugma, B-D-E-L-U-G-M-A. That means stinking customs. That you don't keep any of the customs. Notice he's not saying don't worship their gods. He says don't do what they do. Customs. Don't keep the abominable chakwa. C-H-A-Q-Q-A-H. C-H-A-Q-Q-A-H. That's the word customs. It means enactments. The things that they do. Don't do what the pagans do. He says, which were committed before you that you defile not. Defile, tame, T-A-M-E, looks like tame, means to be foul or contaminated. T-A-M-E, tame. You don't commit any of these abominable customs and that you defile not yourself. Defile means to be foul or contaminated. When you run with the wrong people at Christmas time, at Easter time, at Valentine's time, all of those are the same thing in the ancient world. Most people don't know that Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's, Mardi Gras, and Easter are all Roman Catholicism, and they're all the same thing in different cultures in the ancient world. When you run with people at those times, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. You say, Jim, you're awful strict. I'm not strict. The Bible is. He said, and you defile not yourself therein. I am the Lord your God. Listen to me. Now, I want you to go back to one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Well, I'll go to it in a minute. Chapter 4 of Deuteronomy. Verse 1. Now therefore hearken, Israel, unto the statutes, unto the judgments which I teach you, for to do them, do my statutes, do my judgments, don't do the judgments of the heathen. People will say, well, well, we're doing this for Jesus in Jesus' name. Do you think Jesus wants you to keep an ancient orgy for him? Because that seven-day festival of the Feast of Saturn was an orgy. They had all kinds of sexual promiscuity in the streets. Men with men, women with women, men with animals, women with animals. Drunkenness, debaucherous. Just a terrible, terrible, godless thing. And you think you can change the name of it? 
and call it Christ Mass. It was Pope Jews the first that gave Christ Mass its pagan name around 334 A.D. It was Constantine that brought it into the church. I don't even understand preachers. When the Bible says don't keep, don't do this, why are you doing it? Which I teach you for to do them that you may live and go in and possess the land. Deuteronomy was right before they go across the Jordan River and possess the land. Which the Lord thy God, the God of your fathers, gave you the land because he gave it to Abraham. Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you. I keep saying that. Add is that word yasof. It means to augment. Add anything to the word of God. Christmas is adding. Easter is adding. Easter doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. Neither does Christ's mass. Easter is Ishtar. the resurrection of Tammuz and mythology in the ancient world. And the women worship Tammuz in the 8th chapter of Ezekiel. That has to do with it. And you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish. Gara, G-A-R-A. Is Christmas adding to the word of God? Is Easter adding to the word of God? Are you subtracting something? You're subtracting these verses from the word of God when you add Christmas to it. That you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did because of Baal Peor. For all the men that followed Baal Peor and the Lord thy God hath destroyed them. When they, Baal was the sun god. He was the same thing as Hercules. When you look up Hercules in McClinic and Strong, it will say the Tyrian Baal. That's what it will say. The Baal of Tyre. Tyre was right above Israel. That's what Israel brought into their nation when Ahab married Jezebel and she brought Jezebel's gods, Baal and the grove, down into Israel. And it became down into southern Judah. And that's why God destroyed Israel and scattered them all over the earth for 2,600 years. You mean that doesn't matter to you preachers? You never have studied the Old Testament. I have spent decade after decade after decade in the Old Testament. When you approve of it, and you're a preacher and a pastor of a church, you don't care what God said. And then he goes on to say, The Lord thy God destroyed them from among you because they added and subtracted from the word of God. But ye that did cleave unto the Lord your God are alive, every one of you this day. The ones that cleaved to the Lord and did not do those customs of the heathen. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments. I've told you not to fellowship with these people. Even as the Lord my God commanded me that you should do so in the land whither you go to possess it, keep therefore and do them, For this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations around you, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation, Israel, is is obeying their God, is a wise and understanding people. You say, people will make fun of me if I don't go around them. No, 
if you get strict on what you'll do and what you won't, what they'll do to you, what they do to me. Shh, there comes Jim. Uh, don't talk like that around. Oh, hi, Jim. How you doing? One brother-in-law who told me he was an atheist, he died. And he said, you're not going to take my Christmas away from me. Okay, I'm not doing I don't want to take it away from you. Being an atheist, you're supposed to be doing it. I can't believe that people will say those things. It's just unbelievable. And he says in verse 8, And what nations is there so great that has statutes? And my brother-in-law is going to tell you. He told me, you don't take my Christmas away from me. But after that, when I'd walk up his driveway and they were having a family get-together, he'd say, here comes Jim. He's a preacher. He'd say that. He's a preacher. And he'd introduce me. Uh, this is Jim. He's a preacher. He's on Bernal. Like he's proud of the fact that I was a preacher. And he called himself an atheist. And he'd tell him, you're not taking my Christmas away from me. I'd say, I don't want to take it away from you. You're supposed to be doing it. Now, let me give you some other verses. My favorite verse of all verses is over here when it comes to not doing what the pagans do. This is my favorite verse of all verses. Verse 29, chapter 12 of Deuteronomy. I've read this to you so many times, but I like it because of the way it words it. Verse 29, when the Lord... When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee. Deuteronomy is right before. Deuteronomy comes from duo or dio and nomos. Nomos is the Greek word law and a duo is second or two. This means the second law. This is the law right before if this is Israel right here and this is the Dead Sea right here and this is the Sea of Galilee here in northern Israel and this right here is the border and that's the Jordan River coming out of the Sea of Galilee entering into the Dead Sea they came up out of the land of Moab and they're going to enter into the land of Israel right above the Dead Sea. They're going to encamp at a place called Gilgal. And Deuteronomy is right as they're about to cross the river. And God has killed off all the unbelief in 40 years in the wilderness. And this is right. He's talking to believers here. And he says, When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whither thou goest to possess them, they're going to go into the land. After about 600 years, they're going to repossess the land of Israel. And it's called Canaan at that point. And the Perizzites and the Jebusites and the Hittites and all of the ites are in the land, the pagans. God says, Go in there and drive them out or kill them. It's the land I gave to Abraham 600 years ago. When you go into the possessed land, and thou succeedest these pagans, and dwellest in their land, take heed to thyself, Israel, that thou be not snared, 
nakash, to entrap. That you're not entrapped by following them. What does he mean, following them? He says it right after this. After that, ye be destroyed from. Be- after they be destroyed from before thee, and that you do not inquire Israel after their God, saying, "This should be in quotation marks." Why don't you asking this question to these pagans? How did these nations serve their gods? What rituals did they use? Did they put up a tree? Did they give each other gifts? Did they sing songs and party and get drunk and have sexual uh, affairs with each other like they do at Christmas parties today? And people say, well, we don't do it that way. God says, don't do it at all. Don't ask how they serve their gods. Notice he didn't say, don't serve their gods here. That's not what he said. He said, don't inquire of them. How did you serve your gods? What rituals did you use? What parties did you have? Did you have little sound makers and little rattlers? And and, and did you have a tree and put gold and silver around it like Jeremiah 10 says? And did you put it on a platform because it doesn't move? Did you put a star on top like Mr. Uh, like the one scientist said, he said they put a star on top because they worshipped him in the stars. And the Christmas tree, whether people like it or not, the, the spires inside of the, let me see if I can, try to find that real quick the spires all of these gods were fertility gods that's what they were they and fertility had to do with sexual action and when you find these when you find these spires inside the agon where they had all their contests and so forth well I'll find it in a minute here it is when you find these spires here this is the male genitalia it matches up with a Washington monument it's the male genital when you see the Christmas tree you can get this out of McClinic and Strong you can get it on the internet the Christmas tree, McClinic and Strong says, or Venus was never worshipped in human form, not in the ancient world. She was always worshipped in the form of a cone. Cone. And they put a platform on it like Jeremiah 10 says. They decorate it with silver and gold like Jeremiah 10 says. And Mr. Layard says they put a star on top because it was they worshipped all these in the stars just like that was the male genital this right here is the pubic triangle it was all about sex it was about fertility that's what it's disgusting and if people knew what they were putting up in their house they might think twice before they did it 
It's repulsive. How can you believe that stuff? And first of all, they were all fertility gods. And in Hosea, the second chapter, they said, these lovers that we served, God called it their lovers. He called Venus and Aphrodite and and Jupiter and, and Hercules. That was the lovers of the female deities. That was the lovers of Israel. And they said, it was our lovers that gave us the wheat and the grain. God says, they didn't give that to you. I gave it to you. People don't want to bring sex into the conversation. That's all Christmas was about. It's it's a, one of the most disgusting things to realize that they worshipped, they wore the male genital around their neck. That's where the necktie comes from. And everything in the ancient world was about reproduction. That's all they cared about. And they worshipped, they had these they had these services where they worshipped sex and sexual things of man and women. It's it's a disgusting thing. Now he says and then he goes on to say You don't ask, how did these nations serve their gods? Even so, will I do likewise? If you ask, God says, then you'll say, I'll do the same thing you did. I'll keep the customs that you keep. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. When you keep the custom of the heathen, you're doing it against God. Well, when you find out what the customs are, it makes you want to stop everything, everything that has a ritual to it. All the rituals are done away with. That's what the Bible says in Colossians 2.14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances, the rituals. There's two parts of the law, the letter and the spirit. The letter or the rituals are blotted out, but the law is still here. Do we make void the law? Yea, we establish the law through faith. The last verse of the third chapter of Romans. Now, let me give you some more of these. Well, he goes on to say, you're doing it to to God for every abomination to the Lord or what you do is to the Lord and it's abomination which he hateth have they done unto their gods for even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods. And you may say, we're not burning our children in the fire to gods. Are you sure of that? What about the children that are, they see their mothers and fathers doing all of these things and cussing and drinking and going to these parties and they come home and then they go to church with them. And the kids don't believe their mothers and fathers. That's why there's so much rebellion. The kids say, if they do it, I'll do what I want to do. If they smoke and drink, I'll take drugs. That's what kids say. If you don't leave the, live the right kind of life in front of your kids, they'll go out and they'll get on drugs and they'll drink. You can't tell them, don't do this. They'll do what you do. They don't do what you say. I believe we're destroying our children in the fires of this world. What things soever I command you observe to do it, thou shalt not add thereto nor diminish from it. 
Is Christmas adding to the Word of God? Is Christmas taking these verses away from the Word of God? Yes, it's diminishing and adding. Now let me use some more of this. In Proverbs 30, Add thou not unto the Word, verse 6, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found to be a liar. Two things have ever... You're going to be a liar if you add to the Word of God. If you add Christmas... I don't care if it's John MacArthur. You're lying. You're you're making God a liar, John. You're going to be found to be a liar if you add Christmas or Easter. They were pagan to begin with, and they still are. Just because they changed the names, it doesn't mean nothing. They changed the name of Passover in Acts 12 to the word Easter. You can't do that. But the translators did after Passover. It says after Easter in the English Bible, but the word is Pascha. And if you look up the word Pascha in a word study concordance, every other time you see it, it's the word Passover. The Paschal lamb was the Passover lamb. You can't change Pascha any more than you can change. But the translators did because half of them were Roman Catholic. Roman Catholicism has got a stranglehold on America. The Baptists are have using Catholicism. Walking down the aisle and accepting Christ. That is Roman Catholic. It's walking down the aisle and accepting the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the Mass. That's why all these people were killed during the Inquisition by the Roman Catholic Church. The Mass is where the the Roman Catholic priest raises up the Eucharist. It's like the sun rising. What's funny is they raise it up in the air like the sun is rising. And they say Christ is present. They call it the the very presence of Christ in the Eucharist. They say his blood and his body is present in this. And that's the mass. And that's when Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Well, eat flesh and drink blood is cannibalism unless it's an idiom. It's a Jewish idiom in the 39th chapter of of Ezekiel and in the 19th chapter of Revelation where God at the end of time where God's going to call for the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field all the carnivores of the world to come and eat flesh and drink blood when he comes back in flaming fire taking vengeance on all those that know not God and that obey not the gospel when he comes down and crushes the evil world and leaves millions of them dead across the world and they won't have enough Funeral homes to accompany it all, enough morticians, so he'll call for the fowls of the air to clean it all up. And they, and then he tells the, in Ezekiel 39, he says to the fowls there, come and eat flesh and drink blood. I've prepared this supper for you. He says the same thing in Revelation 19. And Jesus said, my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. Indeed is the word of Alephase. It's the word of truth. When you eat flesh and drink blood, you eat and drink of truth. Alethea, A-L-E-T-H. 
E-I-A, it comes from truth. Lanthano means to hide or conceal. You say, Jim, you said that so many times, I won't forget it. There may be somebody watching that hadn't heard it before. Alanthano means the alpha privative negates the word and gives an opposite meaning. means not to hide anything. That's what I'm doing here. I'm not hiding. And I repeat things. I hope you'll understand. There's people watching out there. Maybe they've never heard this before. Jesus said, eat flesh and drink blood is to tell the truth, and you will become a part of the slaughter. We're lambs to the slaughter for telling people the truth. I don't really care who likes what I'm saying and who doesn't like it. I don't care. I don't care if my family likes it. Most of my family didn't like it. My wife loves it. My son loves it. His wife loves it. My two grandsons love it. But my mother and father didn't like what I was preaching. My father was a Baptist preacher. He didn't say any of these things. I didn't get it from him. I studied the Bible and found out he had lied to me. Didn't know what he was talking about. Now, I want to go over here to To Proverbs, the 22nd chapter. When you run with the wrong people, something happens to you. Christmas time is a time to run with the wrong people. Proverbs 22, 20, excuse me, 29. Oh, wait, Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22 and verse 24. This is what will happen to you when you run around with people that are angry at God. Make no friendship with an angry man. A man that's angry against God. And with a furious man, thou shalt not go. Because here's what will happen to you. Lest thou learn his ways and get a snare unto thy soul. The word snare, mokesh, means a noose for catching an animal. Though you'll get caught if you make friendship with the wrong people. You have to be friends with the elect of God. You can't run around with people that are not. I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. It'll snare you. You'll get a noose. Now, I got some more of these to show you. And here's where, this is what will happen to you. Proverbs 29 and 22. An angry man stirreth up strife. There'll be a fight going on when you run with these angry men and you'll get a snare and he'll start a fight with you. The word strife is the word madon, M-A-D-O-W-N, M-A-D-O-W-N. Madon means a fight. You, You cannot run around with people who like to fight the truth without getting into a fight with them. Stay away from them. 
The Bible says withdraw from every person who walks disorderly. Have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather rebuke them. That's in Ephesians, the fifth chapter. And a furious man aboundeth in transgression. That's who you're not supposed to be running with in the 22nd chapter of Proverbs. A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. When you're humble, you'll be honored. You think, well, they, they'll they just give me a hard time when I say those things around them. No, they won't. They'll get to where they leave you alone. Now, go over here to, let me give you some other things on this. Running with the wrong people will get you in trouble with God. Look over here in Colossians 2. Here's what will happen to you. If you run around with people, how do you know that, Jim? I did that when I was younger. I ran around with some people in gospel music that cussed and slept around, and they lived wrong, told dirty jokes, drank. And I thought, well, I can change them. You cannot change them. They will affect you. Now, erase some of this. You can't run with people you're not supposed to be with. It's, I know that because I personally, have you ever run with somebody you're not supposed to be with? I know you have. Everybody's done that. Everybody. I used to run around with a guy in gospel music. He was hurting people all the time. I cared about the guy, and I thought, I'll change him. But I didn't. He changed me. I took on some of his characteristics, some of his attributes. And I'm ashamed of it. Now look here in Colossians 2, 8. Beware, blepo. B-L-E-P-O. Watch out. Beware, lest any man spoil you. Spoil. Sulagageo. S-U-L-A-G-O-G-E-O. Sulagageo means to lead captive. They'll take you back into darkness. Men will spoil you, and it's going to tell you how they do it. Spoil is the same word that a pirate would use on a pirate ship when they would jump another ship, and they were going to take away the spoils, me matey. The spoils was what they were going to steal away from them. And they'll spoil you through philosophy, not God's philosophy, man's philosophy. Philos, sophos. Philos is a form of philia, P-H-I-L-I-A, or phileo, P-H-I-L-I-A. 
A-L-E-O, which is one of the words that has been ambiguously translated to L-O-V-E. And it's not a word like, it's not a good word. It means affection. Men will take you into darkness by giving you a, an affection for wisdom. Sophos. We get the word Sophia from that. That's a woman's name. And Sophia means wisdom. It's man's wisdom. And they'll lead you away into captivity and back into darkness where you came out of. And these are the things they'll use to do it. And vain, vain is the word kenos, empty. Deceit. Deceit is the word apate. That's one of the words to deceive. It means to delude. Men will delude you and make you think you're getting into something you're not getting into. Gospel singers would have you believe that you're getting into. I thought when I went to join the Young Blackwoods up in Memphis back in 1963, I thought I was getting into evangelism. They were womanizers. They drank. They cussed. And I was mad for a year as I sang with them. I thought, what have I got myself into? I've gone, I've died and gone to hell. These guys are just heathens. They all were. I mean, there was a time I couldn't have said that because I would have ruined my reputation. But see, you guys ain't got nothing I want anymore, nothing I need. And I'm going to tell on you. I I had some of them. I told the story about Joe Muscao. He was a piano player, a real good one. He arranged some of Elvis' things in Vegas. He was a piano player for uh, the Imperials. But before he was with the Imperials, he was with a group called the Prophets in, in Knoxville. They were a big-name gospel group. And... Uh, and my first tour that I was with these young backwoods, we went on a tour with the prophets. And I said, I'd like to ride with y'all on the, to the next date one time. And Joe was sitting up front of the bus, and he turned around and looked at me and said, Jimmy, you seem like such a good Christian boy. What are you doing on the road with us gospel singers? It was like an insult to themselves. I just thought, man... Joe was so handsome, he was extremely good-looking. And when he was with the Imperials, he had all kinds of women. He even said he took women into his motel rooms, onto the bus, and had all kinds of affairs. And he had this beautiful wife that stayed in Nashville. She took all she could take, and she shot and killed herself one day. And I asked Joe one day, I said, Joe, what do you think about your wife killing herself? And he just said to me, she just couldn't take it. That's all. No remorse at all. I thought, good night. They have no conscience. Anyway, let's get back to this. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. This empty 
delusion will lead you into captivity. After the tradition of men, tradition is the word paradosis, P-A-R-A-D-O-S-I-S. Paradosis is a reference to the halakal, but that was nothing, nothing but the imagination of the Pharisees. Just leading you straight through imagination. I can't even think up here. Pharisees, P-H-A-R-A, P-H-A. R-I-S-E-E-S. That was the Pharisees' imagination. I'm not going to go into the law call. Men will lead you away by their imagination, by their making up doctrine. Through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition men, and after the rudiments of this world, when you run around with people, the word rudiment is stoichion. Stoichion, that's what they called all the rituals of the temple over here in the Old Testament. The rituals have been blotted out. And men will lead you away with rituals, with the ritual of Christ's Mass. There's one pure ritual in the Bible. James one twenty seven, Pure religion. People say, we're not religious, don't need religion. Yes, you do. You need pure religion. Pure threskia is the word. Pure religion, threskia, ritual. There's only one pure ritual. is to visit the fatherless, And the widow and their affliction, which is the same exact word, the lipsis, it's the same word as tribulation. Well, the world is not going through tribulation. We must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. What does fatherless mean? It's the word orphanos. That's the same word that Jesus used in John 14 when he said, I will not leave you, I won't leave you orphans. I won't leave you without a father. Your father will be God in heaven. And widow is the word kira, C-H-E-I-R-A. Kira means a widow, with a, one without a husband, one without husband. That's the church. The church doesn't have their husband, Christ, right here, right now. He said, if I go not away, the comforter will not come. So the widow means the church. As the church is going through affliction, the only pure religion is to take care of the fatherless, those that are without a father, and it's father, God is our father, and those without a husband, that's the church, without their husband, Christ is out here now. The Bible is talking about the only pure ritual in the world is to take care of one another. 
in the church. That's it. There are no other pure rituals. No rituals are pure. I don't celebrate any holidays. Every one of them. Thanksgiving is pagan. People say, how can that be pagan? Well, it goes back to paganism. I can't give you all of it right now. It would take me a long time. But Thanksgiving is a time you get together with your family, just like Christmas, and thank God for turkey and dressing and and uh, the sauce. What's the sauce? Uh, cranberry sauce. We thank God for cranberry sauce and turkey and dressing. That's it. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. When you have an accident and you break your arm, be thankful to God. Every step of your life will be different because of that. If you get a ticket, be thankful. Every step you go, you stop for 15 minutes. Every step you take the rest of your life will be different because you got a ticket. If something happens five years down the road, you wouldn't be in the same place that you would have been if you hadn't got that ticket. In everything, give thanks. We know that all things work together for good. Why are you going to be thankful for turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce and you and you don't thankful for the bad things in your life? In everything, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We don't do Thanksgiving. Mother's Day was written, was a day that was just for the woman that wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic so she could honor her mother because she didn't have any kids herself. Can't even remember her name. But it's on the Internet. You can look up Mother's Day. It was to honor her mother and nobody else. It's just, of course, all these days are pagan that people think they're not. Father's Day, Mother's Day was pagan. Mother's Day goes back to the ancient world when they honored the mother of the gods. We don't keep... I've had people say, you mean you don't want to take a day off to honor Jesus? I'm honoring Jesus every day by talking about him everywhere I go. I don't have time to take off to have a birthday for Jesus. I'm talking about him everywhere. Everywhere I get a chance, I talk about predestination, election, Christmas is pagan, Easter is pagan, daily cross, death to self, self-denial, take your cross and die daily. I say that to everybody, everywhere. I'll say some, I leaned in the, at the teller at the bank one time. I, I leaned into a teller. I said, I said, could I tell you something that's really hard to believe about the Bible? She said, well, go ahead. I said, Jesus said, He that beareth not his cross and followeth after me cannot be my disciple. I said, You can't be a follower of Christ without a daily cross. I said, Do you know, do you have a daily cross? And she went, No. No. I said, Do you know where to get one? She said, No. I said, It's a hard word, isn't it? She said, Yeah. I say those kind of things to people. I didn't say it mean. I just said, Jesus said, you can't be my follower without a daily cross. Saying things that are plain and to the point and straight out, most people won't do that. Most preachers won't do that. I don't want to offend anybody. I may be stepping on feet. You need to. And then he says, 
the rudiments of this word stoikion. There's a word stoikio that comes from that. Stoikion means orderly arrangement. That's another word that means orderly arrangement. Orderly arrangement. That's what it means. There's another word, stoichio, S-T-O-I-C-H-E-O, which comes from this word stoichion, and it means the way we walk. We have to walk orderly in Christ. It's... Do I have any time, Mike? Fifteen. Fifteen. Let me give you some other things on this associating with the wrong people. That's what Christmas time is about. You got to get along and be happy with everybody and let everybody have their way. That's sin to let people have their way. Let me just read some of these to you. Exodus 23 2. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many. To rest judgment means to twist God's judgment. And you don't follow the world because they're celebrating Christmas. You don't follow the world because they're celebrating Ishtar. It's Ishtar, not Easter. Exodus 34, 12. Take heed to thyself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you're going, Israel lest it be a snare in the middle of you. Psalms 1.1 Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, for his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You're not supposed to be running with the ungodly in the world. Proverbs 4.14, Enter not in the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. They'll mess you up. You say, I've gotten along before without it. Nobody gets along with evil men the way they do. And there's no need to get angry at them. God made them that way. If God made them that way, he made them to cheat, lie, and steal. That's what he made them for. And if you happen to be in their pathway and they see a way to take advantage of you and some of them want to do it (coughs) without you being aware of it, if they can trick you without you being aware, they'll take advantage of you. Proverbs 24 and 1. Be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them them don't be desire to be with evil men first corinthians five eleven. now but now i have written to you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous wanting more or an idolater which is covetousness or a railer one who wants to fight or a drunkard or an extortioner one who wants to beat people out of things with such in one know not to eat don't invite some guy over to your house or an in-law 
even a daughter or son, even a mother or father that doesn't want to talk right to your house. I don't have anybody come to my house that wants to misbehave. People say, but you used to misbehave, Jim. Yeah, but God's dealt with me and I'm not misbehaving anymore. I don't live the way I used to. God has converted me. 2 Corinthians 6.14 I love this. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Concord, I love that word, symphonia. This is the word concord. Symphonia. S-U-M-P-H-O-N-E-I-A. S-U-M-P-H-O-N-E-I-A. It comes from two words, sum and phone. Phone is the common word voice in the Bible. When you answer the phone, you answer the voice. Symphonia is our word, S-U-S-Y-M-P-H-O-N-Y. It's the word symphony. It means there has to be a blend in the chords. They have to blend together. You cannot just come up and say, you have to have a one, three, and a five chord or note to have a blending chord. You have to have a a C, a D, and, and an F. You have to have a to have a blending chord. You cannot discord. What concord hath Christ with Belial? What symphony does Christ have with the devil? He has none. You're not supposed to be running with the wrong people. That's what happens at Christ's Mass and his star. Even in even in Valentine's. That's paganism. It's the same thing as Christmas. It has to do with the wolves watching the watching after the two brothers, the twins, Remus and Rom, Romulus and Remus who started Rome, began at Rome, and the two wolves looked after these two boys, and they supposedly, in mythology, started the Roman system. It's It all goes back to Rome and Christmas. And then he says, in Numbers 35 and 55, but if you will not drive out the inhabitants... God is telling Israel, when you come to the land and it's full of pagans and heathens, and I'm taking you back to Canaan, which we'll rename Israel later on. If you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides. That's exactly what happens to us when we run around with the wrong people. And they'll vex you in the land where you dwell. They'll vex you. When I separated from the world, I become free. 
I'm free now. I don't mind what I say to anybody. I'll say anything, anywhere, to anybody, anytime. And I won't even be mad at them because I know if they're elect, they'll hear. And if they're not elect, they'll get mad at me and solve away. And God made them to be that way. He made all the elect elect before the foundation of the world. And he made all of the vessels of wrath, vessels of wrath before the world began. So there's no need to get mad at anybody. Just tell them the truth. If they hear, they're one of your friends. That's the way you find your friends. I have never been this free. I'll say anything. It is so, but I'll tell you what it's done for me. It has increased my health. I used to be real sick all the time up through my mid-40s. I was sick all my life. I had real bad bronchial asthma. I just was suffered terribly from it. All the time I was in music, people say Jim is never in voice. He can't sing good all the time. When I sang good, I was great. But most of the time I couldn't because I was sick. And I know that it had to do, I was under constant stress. I have no stress now. None. I'm not mad at anybody. I believe that anybody don't like what I'm saying, they cuss me. They're supposed to do that because God made them that way. There's no need in me getting mad at them. God will be mad at them in eternity when he picks them up and casts them into an eternal fire. And that'll be enough cursing of them. They'll get a real curse from God. I, I don't really care what I say to anybody. Do y'all know what it's like to be this free? If you ever find out, you'll want to be free. This is a great freedom. My family's angry at me. I don't care. My sister's angry. I don't care. I care about her, but if she don't want to hear this, that's because God made her that way. My younger brother is a heathen. He's a charismatic, tongue-speaking, faith healer, and a false teacher. I don't care. You say you don't care? I don't care. I care about what God wants. If God don't want them, I don't want them. If God wants them, I want them. I want the will of God in my life, nothing else. I quit wanting my will years ago. When you quit wanting your will, life gets easy. It doesn't get... It's tolerable. I'm real sad every day because... Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we're predestined to be conformed to his likeness. And what is his likeness? Sadness and acquainted with grief. I'm going to be that way when I look at a world that don't believe God, but he wants it that way and he wants me to accept it that way. Do you all understand that? He wants us to accept it. When somebody does you wrong, expect it. Just stay out of their way. Don't get in the pathway. Don't walk in the path of the ungodly like Psalms 1 and 1 says. If you walk in the pathway of the ungodly, somebody's going to run over you. Stay away from the ungodly. You'll have less problems. Let me read some more of this. The nations, 1 Kings 11 and 2 the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall ye come and come in unto shall they come unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. 
Solomon married 700 heathen women and 300 concubines. And they turned his heart away. That's what the 13th chapter of Nehemiah says. They turned Solomon's heart away from God. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes because of it. He said in Ecclesiastes, I've gotten everything I wanted. Men singers, maid dancers, all these gorgeous women. I've married a thousand women and they can't, their vanity and vexation of the spirit. Vanity, vexation of the spirit is a word, one word in the Hebrew. It means to grab for the wind. I was grabbing for the wind. Nobody can catch the wind. Second Chronicles 19 and 2. Jesu, Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat had run around with the wrong man. He had made friends with Ahab, the king of northern Israel, thinking, I'll help lead him to truth. And he didn't. And Jehu went to him and said unto King Jehoshaphat, Shouldest thou help the ungodly Ahab? And love them that hate the Lord. Ahab hated God's word. And you went to battle with him and helped him. Jehu rebuked him for that. Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. And did Jehoshaphat have trouble? Oh, yeah. Because he ran around with Ahab. Ahab's daughter was Jezebel's daughter. Ahab was married to Jezebel, and they had a daughter, Athaliah. And for somehow during the time that Ahab and, and Jehoshaphat run around, Athaliah met Jehoram, Jehoshaphat's son, and she married him and took all of that hellish doctrine of Bell and the Grove on Christmas down into southern Israel. Did he? That's one of the worst situations that you'd find in all the Bible about associating with the wrong people. Is Jehoshaphat a righteous man of God running around with this heathen Ahab? Messed up his whole nation because the daughter come down there and married Jehoram. When, Je- when Jehoshaphat dies and Ahaziah dies, then, then Athaliah says, I want this nation for myself. And she goes out. She wanted to be king. And she went out and killed all the seed royal. Anyone who could inherit the throne, she thought she got all of them. She did except one, Joash. And he's the only one that continued the righteous seed from the tribe of Judah and kept the seed going in Israel. But boy, it caused Jehoshaphat a lot of years of agony and agonizing while this woman, this hellish woman, Athaliah, the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel, came down all because he ran around with Ahab run around with the wrong person and that's what it gets and running around with your in-laws at Christmas will get you in trouble I'll give you a couple more of these Whoso, Proverbs 28 and 7 whoso keepeth the law is a wise son 
But he that is a companion to riotous man shameth his father. Then John eighteen seventeen. Then saith the damsel that kept the door unto Peter, when Peter was standing around the fire, warming his hands at the fire of the enemy. Art thou also one of this man's disciples? And Peter said, I am not. Ooh. <laughs> Peter, boy, that must have hurt. It hurt when Jesus looked at him. When he said it the third time, Jesus didn't say a word. He just turned and looked at Peter when Peter said, I am not, the third time. Jesus said, well, well cock close. Twice you're going to deny me three times. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself and said, Therefore unto him art thou also one of his disciples. And Peter denied it and said, I am not. You get in trouble. You deny Christ when you run around with the wrong people. I guess I'm out of time, ain't I, Mike? Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, I... I don't know what to ask anymore. Just let us follow you in everything. Keep us away from these people that would lead us astray. Let us be plain spoken, not beat around the bush. Let us not associate with people at these quiet party times that they have throughout the year. That we don't need, we don't need to be quiet. We need to say the word and that stirs them up and takes us into tribulation, even at Christmas time and Easter time. Lord, we'll praise you for everything. Fight our battles. We'll give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. Well, that's it. Amen. Amen. Or amen, however you want to say it. Right, Jim. Hey, when I was uh, I was in the National Guard before I went Navy. I can't hear you. I was in the National Guard before I went Navy, and I went to Army boot camp. And a lot of the guys to deal with the stress was cutting each other's girlfriends down, mothers down, and it was very vulgar. And I, I, I said I would not do that because that's not part of me. But being around it, I conformed. To their behavior. That's what will happen. That will happen. And after I got out of military, uh, a boot camp, I, I accidentally said that to a female friend of mine. And I lost her, a female, you know, lost her as a friend. And I realized that I conformed to them. You will conform. When you hang around it, you'll conform. I did that too. 